You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC, 1019 FM, Queen's University campus. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Screening in Kingston. Um, This is a very uh, special week because in a few minutes, we will be joined by Wendy Hewitt, the manager and owner of Kingston's independent screening room, The Screening Room. Um, So, I mean, this is going to be really interesting because we're going to chat with her about COVID-19 and how the screening room is coping with it, um, but also how movie theaters in general are kind of coping with this and how things may change in the future. Yeah, it's going to be a great combo. Um, So before we get to that, though, I want to quickly address something. The past couple weeks, we've been having weird sound issues with our recordings. (laughs) So I just want to let everyone know, we we know this is a problem. I apologize. We know we sound really crappy. Yeah. (laughs) Each week has been a different problem. Two weeks ago, you know, Taylor and I, just for a chat with us, she, it sounded like she was super quiet and far away. That was my fault. Um, Well, really, I just, I was sick of her opinions on Captain America. So I was like, silence. Um, No, what had happened was I was, I was using a different headset that was like really dulling her sound. And then this past week when we had guests on, there's so many other factors that come in when you're recording from afar with guests. There's so many different background noises and things that come in that it was just really hard to kind of edit and and piece together. But we're working on it. We're trying to make this system work from afar. So we apologize for the sound issues. This week should sound good, though. Everything so far sounds good on my end. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) We're not... Unfortunately, we're not set up with home studios, right? No. Like, no. that's just, we're no. kind of learning as we go, yeah. podcasting in a pandemic. Yeah, and we're, we're trying our best to kind of work with what we have right now. And we'll, as things continue and, and we, we begin to learn what the new normal will be, we'll make adjustments to make I can almost better. guarantee that we're going to upgrade. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, yes, Taylor has sent the guarantee. I will confirm the guarantee. We will be upgrading soon. This big news. Yes. That's <laughs> coming down the pipeline. All right. You got you to gotta stop teasing this, Taylor. You know, well, we're going to sound like, better in June. We're okay, going to sound better in June. Um, yes. <laughs> we're going to sound better in June, says Taylor. Uh, but anyway, as we... Um, until then. Until then. We'll sound kind of crappy. Yeah, please bear with us. We're, we're recording from home and, and we're, we're working with what we have. But, uh, but this week should sound okay. I think we've got some of the issues, at least for Taylor and I, when we record, fixed. Um, but uh, just bear with us. Uh, with that in mind, um, we're about to welcome uh, Wendy to the show uh, from from the screen room. That's Kingston's independent movie theater downtown that was also forced to close in March along with movie theaters across North America um, and really across the world as we're all dealing uh, with the pandemic. We're now welcoming back to screening in Kingston, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Hello. How, how, it's good to be here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for coming and, and giving us an, an update on on the screening room and everything. But but how are you doing? How how's physical, social quarantine, distancing, whatever people want to call it? How's how's that been for you? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I I have like I have to admit I don't mind having this break mm-hmm. from running the movie theater. Mm-hmm. It's a, a very very expensive staycation. Right. Um. So, and I have a baby daughter. She's 14 months old. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time with her and, and that's, and that's nice. You know, I'd be a homebody right now anyways. Right, right. But the social distancing is, is challenging mm-hmm. in terms of just not being able to meet up with people. Um, the, the awkwardness of, you know, if you're walking down the street, having to, like, walk out of the way yeah. to, like, avoid, to avoid people. Yeah. And then the you kind of make this a... I find people like smile more at each other because it's almost to say like, let me smile at you to let you know that I'm not, I'm not dodging you on the sidewalk for more negative reasons. <laughs> it's true. And, and you have that moment as you're walking down, at least I do, where I'm like, okay, are you going to move? Am I going to move? Which one is, is going to move? And like making that decision is, is now part of my everyday 
walking challenge is, okay, am I going to move? Are you going to move? Um, so I guess for, for us, before we, we kind of get into, uh, we want to get into kind of the, the fun um, aspects of, of streaming options and things we can watch. We do want to just know from, from your perspective, everything that, that's happened in the past month. Can you maybe walk us through like when you first heard news that uh, coronavirus was going to start to cause um, things to close? Was it, was it a, something that just happened out of nowhere? Like, can you kind of, go, if you can remember back to, to those days, what, what was, what was kind of happening from the screening room's perspective? Oh, that's a good question. I had been fairly active on Twitter mm-hmm. um, during the the lean up to the outbreak, mm-hmm. and some of the people that I was following on Twitter were kind of, were sounding the alarm. Right, and so I, I I yeah I started becoming concerned that this would be something of like that would really impact us. Um, fairly like a little like a little ahead of the curve. Okay. Also, my dad he's like a he's retired and he's a news junkie Mm. and uh, he had been following the news closely. And at one point I was talking to him on the phone and I asked him, do you think I said, do you think all this is is overblown or is this real? And then he said, Oh, I, he's like, I think something's happening. And there is just something, my dad is not an alarmist type of person for Mm. the most part. So to, to hear that he figured that, something yeah that something was really brewing that that made me really pause and that set me off doing more of my own research right right that gave you kind of the hints of okay maybe I should go out there and find out what's what's going on Mm -hmm. and did you did you at that point were you thinking okay there's a possibility we're going to be closing for a bit or, or did that still come was that ever a shock that that announcement of of things being closed mm. I knew probably about two or three weeks in advance that okay. we would probably be closing. Wow. And at first I was actually just kind of excited about just be, like weirdly excited about it. Right. Because like a movie theater, it's a business that's always open, right? right? Like we're open 363 days a week. We only close for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Wow. Yeah. And, and I've been doing this for nine going on 10 years. So at first I was like, what? We're going to close down? Like, I, I mean, of course, it's kind of grim, grim, morbid circumstances. Sure. But I, I was like, okay, well, maybe a bit of a closure would be nice. I, I could understand um, that, though. Uh, having only, you know, two days out of the year that you're, that you're not open. I could, I could understand that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, closing down and also just, you know, doing our part. I mean, I also thought, oh, probably in terms of businesses that shouldn't be open that are maybe you know, places where contam- you know, people could catch the virus right. and places that aren't essential. Like we're probably one of the first places that could close down sure. and we'll probably be one of the last places to reopen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been kind of the, the process that, you know, I, I've been thinking of too, is, is that as things slowly reopen, which even in Ontario, we're getting news each week that, that they're, they want to start slowly reopening the economy, movie theaters, sporting events, concerts, those type of things, they're going to be the last thing to come back. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any? Do, do you have any fears in your mind that that people are are going to be wary to come back to to movie theaters, even when people say it's okay, even when it's you know you get even if you get the call open at half capacity? Do, do you think people are going to be ready to come back? Um, I think a lot of people will be staying at home. Mm. I'm expecting that it will be fairly quiet, and that if we have to operate it you know, 25% capacity or 50% capacity that will work with actual demand from moviegoers. Mm. But, um, yeah, I imagine, yeah, there'll be a lot of, like, older customers that will just be, you know, holding off on going to the theater until they feel more confident and that we'll have a lot more younger customers. Right. Um, And it's, although I do think there's also probably going to be a factor where people will have have felt frustrated feeling a little bit cooped up at home and that when, as soon as the first opportunity to go to the movie theater, they'll, they'll rush out. Yeah. I mean, I know I'll be rushing out to the, some local coffee shops as Mm -hmm. soon as they open. Oh, I I can, I I mean, I don't know how you feel Taylor, but the minute I'm allowed to go to the screening room, I'm going to go see a movie. Oh yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) I miss the theater. I know. And I, I miss the popcorn. (laughs) 
Like the yeah. it's, it's really the screening room popcorn that I'm just like if I could I would even watch her smell again if it meant I could oh, have gosh. movie theater popcorn from the screening room. I would Wendy if you replay that I will go the first night even though I did not like that movie I would sit through it. Wendy Tyler want, will come from Hamilton to watch. Yeah, one of our biggest uh, fans, Wendy. Uh, his name is Tyler, and and he just moved out of Kingston, and he went to the screening room quite a bit. He loved her smell and i absolutely hated it and we we basically have a feud going every week where i bring up her smell again and he defends it and writes into the show and so but yeah i i, I definitely um i know i i'm one of those people that that's ready to go and i and i'll you know i'll go i'll go back to the movie theaters but but i know that not everyone's going to be like that and not everyone's going to feel that way like how um how confident are you um, with with the screening room that if, if you have to operate at a less capacity that that you you can do so um, and still still be viable and, and still be be bringing us amazing films? Oh gosh, yeah, um, yeah. That's the yeah. The thing that w w does worry me is that this could go on for like a few years, right. maybe two years yeah. of operating at really reduced capacity. Yeah. Um, and one thing, too, is if we have reduced capacity, and because we're a pretty small theater, like even our largest theater, that's uh, 114 seats. Right. The, the economics of doing special events, say where you have guest speakers, mm. or even something like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, yeah. <laughs> where there's a big mess, I, it, it, it stops making sense to really invest in sort of one-off screening events if you know that your audience is capped at, like... 27 people or right. 55 people or whatever it will be that will impact our programming um there's also questions around what what kinds of films will get theatrical releases and at what times now that's something that will affect the multiplexes more than us yeah um like when cineplex reopens will the studios also be reducing some of their best films like the james bonds like will james bond come out in the fall yeah. at this point i don't know they might want to wait until the movie going has more fully rebounded yeah we've been we've been kind of keeping track each week as as movies continue to get delayed and pushed back and some some have studios have released new dates but some haven't which yeah you bring up a really interesting point of of will how will that affect uh, movies being released. Um, I, I don't know how much you've been keeping track of what's going on um, in like the states when it comes to movies, but but AMC movie theaters, which is their largest chain, like they they basically have gone into debt and are, are filing for bankruptcy protection. Mm -hmm. um, they now also, I, I just recently learned, have a feud going with Universal uh, Studios who want to when they come out of the pandemic, want to also be releasing movies both on video on demand and into the movie theaters. And AMC basically said, no, we don't want you to do that. Now we're going to say no universal films can ever come into our movie theater. So there seems to be this, this fear from AMC that because people might be more inclined to stay home, if you release things on video on demand, they're not going to go to the movie theater, which I think is an interesting thing that you're just bringing up that this, even though we might be told, okay, Go back to things, reduce capacity, but get out, get out, and go to work. People are probably still going to be a little afraid and worried, and and not exactly inclined to go to certain events and certain places like movie theaters. And I know sports are in the same scenario. So yeah, you bring up a really interesting point of what's going to happen with the release schedules moving forward. Um, but you mentioned that a lot of your films are, you know, aren't necessarily from from those same studios. Do you think that um, this actually might be an opportunity for independent movie companies and, and producers to get their work out there because there might be less competition? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think there will be. Well, I guess. Well, it's tricky. I guess it's like when it comes to more independent films. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah. I'm just thinking. We'd pro like at our theater, we play a mix of more like independent films, mm -hmm. um, smaller scale movies where we're the only movie theater in the entire region that's mm -hmm. playing the film. Yeah. Um, but we also play more mainstream films, second run. So movies that have already played at the Cineplex or the Landmark. Um, if they're movies that we think are good and we think there's still like an audience for them, then, then we'll play them at the screening room. And I imagine that 
we, yeah, our kind of second run programming stream will be a bit hurt. And so there will be, yeah, we will have more of a mix of like more like truly independent films on our screen. So, um, yeah, that's right. Like this would be opportunity for those smaller movies and documentaries and maybe some Canadian films. Mm-hmm. I know the Kingston Canadian Film Festival having to cancel at the yeah. mid festival because yeah. of the Corona outbreak. Um, I know there's still, you know, awareness and appetite and interest in a number of the Kingston Canadian Film Festival movies. So there's an opportunity, say, if we're reopening in the fall for us mm-hmm. to play some of them too. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's a great point. I mean, yeah, that, that in Kingston here, the Kingston Canadian Film Festival um, canceled mid-festival. Um, and that came, you know, just not too far uh, before the announcements of the fact that a lot of things in Ontario were closing. So, yeah, that, that is a, a really good point that those films could still be shown and, could, and definitely would still have an audience here for people who are interested um, in, in Canadian filmmaking independent uh, movies. It's interesting you bring up the, the special events. I, I wanted to ask you about um, that because I know in addition to Rocky Horror, you, you've often done these classic um, movie series and, and you've always gone back and, and looked at particular directors. I, I would imagine those types of things, anything that's that's archived film or anything that's that's not a new release would, would still be available to, for you to do um, in whatever new world where we're talking about where you can reopen, right? Yeah, we'd still be able to play classic films at our theater. Mm. Um, I, I even know that during this initial period of reopening where the film studios don't have like they don't they're not necessarily releasing their new movies they've they've kind of sent out a few emails encouraging theaters to get ready to book their back catalog oh interesting and in the states ifc films they've said that their back catalog of films will be available for movie theaters to play for free where a theater wouldn't have to pay any like percentage of the ticket price back to the the um the distributor, the oh, movie wow. theaters, if they played their films, would be able to keep 100% of the ticket price. And it will be interesting to see if other, like, theatrical rights holders make similar moves. Um, but but it is tricky. Like, classic films, older films, they, they're they a tough sell at the movie theater. Right. I mean, for film buffs, it's the greatest thing. I yeah. mean, for me, I, I almost would prefer to watch a really good older film in the movie theater than just watch whatever's new. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, most of, not most, many of my favorite movie-going experiences have been when watching older films. But um, but most people, like I'd say the overwhelming majority of moviegoers, the idea of paying money to see a movie that you could rent or they know is available to stream online, they just, that's that's not even a movie-going concept. Mm. Like, it's not doesn't have any appeal. I know we'd be there. Again, I think that the at least from from my perspective, I'm I'm really ready to go back to the movie theater for any movie going experience. <laughs> I don't know. I'm seeing, sure Taylor would agree. Seeing Manhunter on the big screen was one of my highlights, for sure, of my recent film going experience, and that was part of the um, one of the Cinematica series. Uh, for the it was the retrospective for that director michael mm-hmm. remind me wendy What's oh, oh michael mann yeah michael mann so um i certainly am a fan of those retrospective series and those sort of thematic um series that the screening room offers it makes me curious wendy are they not well attended in uh, terms of ticket prices it depends or sales, sorry? so when we did a alfred hitchcock series last summer yeah that was last summer Um, we had, you know, like around a hundred people, you know, filling up our largest theater for a number of the screenings, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fantastic. Although, you know, it's Alfred Hitchcock. Um, (laughs) I know our Michael Mann series, which was, we were playing it for the prestige and for the glory, not, not for money. (laughs) Was fun though. (laughs) Yeah. Which we felt very good about doing it, but it doesn't. Like, it definitely didn't make any money. Like, I don't even know if it broke even in terms of the amount of money you have to pay to get the screening rights from the distributors. Interesting. Anytime you bring in a movie to the movie theater, you 
you're starting by paying a like fixed minimum fee of around $250. So if you play the movie once and say like 25 people come out, then all of the money you collected at the box office is just going back to the distributor to cover that $250 fee. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, a, yeah. well, that's good to know. Um, yeah. how, did you get in, in some of those cats meow along things you were doing before Corona hit? <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did those oh actually happen? I, I saw being, them being advertised. I just didn't know if they happened before Corona. <laughs> they did, thankfully. We were able to squeeze the, those in. Um, Let me guess, yeah, that we was did sold these... out. Audience participation encouraged yow a little wrong with cats screenings. And <laughs> so we announced three screenings of this film. Sure. Uh, Friday night, Saturday night, and then Sunday afternoon. And the Friday and Saturday screenings were intended to be the audience participation ones. And then we thought, you know, Sunday afternoon at four, this will be for people who just love musical theater sure. and uh mainly like our older customers to be able to just go and see the film. Sure. And the Friday night screening was insane. I sat in on it and uh, like at the very beginning when people were meowing around with the Universal logo, I was like, okay, this is good. People get it. And uh, yeah, it was like true chaos. Um, whereas like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's become a bit more ritualized what you sure. do. Whereas sure. with cats, everybody was just making it up. Dude, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like Rocky Horror and even The Room, like they have rituals. They have things that people know you do along with it. Cats is new. And the idea of it being this cult um, this cult movie that, that has audience participation both excites me and angers me at the same time. <laughs> because that film was was everything I think is wrong with taking a musical and putting it from the stage to the screen. And I've talked about it a lot because I, I actually, again, I have a background in theater and I, I actually used to like musicals <laughs> at one point in time. But I hate almost every musical that's ever on the stage and then goes to the screen. And, and to me, Cats is, it embodies all of that. Um, but it, I mean, it's interesting because clearly there, there's an interest in it. If, if that Friday show was so packed and you, you got a few of them in, like clearly people wanted this. Oh yeah. Um, it, yeah, but it definitely was the, the sort of snarky, the room, so bad it's good type of audience. Okay. So Um, Wendy, what's your opinion on that though? Like, do you think, do you think Cats is so bad it's good? Like, did you, have you, did you see it before you brought it? To, to the theater? Or did you get wind that, of, of no. this and decide to bring it? No. <laughs> I hadn't seen it. <laughs> okay. I had, feel, I had a pretty good feel for it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's not, uh, but, but I'm so bad it's good. I mean, people who are like, it's a good movie watching experience to watch it. Not that it's, the movie's like latently actually good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, people were snarking and howling at the film, and there wasn't a lot of respect. Um, yeah. And the, but the thing is, that audience, <laughs> I guess the word got out that this was fun. So then by the time it was Sunday afternoon and we were playing our quote-unquote normal screening of the film, mm-hmm. the audience, there were like 90 people who came. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it was mostly young people ready to <laughs> laugh and to heckle the film. And there were like maybe five people who were there to take the film seriously oh, and enjoy it. Those poor guys. <laughs> and, they just probably didn't know, right? They were like, oh, we're here to just watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. And apparently I wasn't I wasn't at the theater that afternoon, but the staff reported to me it was a bit of a nightmare because they had people coming out of the theater to complain. They had older people complaining about this rude, rude young people in the audience shouting and laughing. And then there were young people coming out to complain that they were being shushed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't even know. Like, I mean, you have a great staff there, so I'm sure they they handled it quite well. But, oh, I don't even know. I don't know what I'd do in that situation. (laughs) Old people. Yeah, what a, what a, because in a a sense, I mean, they're both right. 
um, because clearly yeah. the young people thought it was, oh, we're allowed to do this, and, and, and everyone else thought, no, we're, we're here to watch a movie, and this is rude behavior, which it would be under normal circumstances. So, mm-hmm. wow, that's, that's quite the... But it's like story. when you have 85 rude people, yeah. and then five people who yeah. want to watch the film in quiet, then... Yeah. Did people wear costumes? Oh yeah, there were cat ears. Oh, and, oh boy! <laughs> you know, there was like a, a little stuffed cat tail that was left behind in the theater. I held in, held on to an arm, lost and found. <laughs> well, I just this the entire production of this movie boggles me anyway because when they when they fixed they quote unquote fixed some CGI like they took it out of the theater in the first run. Luckily, I saw it before they did that because I wanted to see what they thought was an acceptable thing to put in the movie theater. But the, all they fixed were very little, like very small things, and they just gave the cats buttholes. Apparently, that was like a big problem that they they didn't have butts. <laughs> That was literally, that's literally what they fixed. There's a, there's now a that's where the fans of, drew the line. Yeah, that was like no no no, unrealistic. They don't well, have I, butts. <laughs> I heard that the CGI was unfinished in the first. So run. what? Like people had human hands instead of cat yeah, paws. Yeah, and that, stuff. that happened. And then what did what did really happen? Like from from kind of the research that I've done is the director Tom Hooper didn't quite understand the technology. So when he filmed, they didn't even have those reference dots on people's faces, um, and they weren't really in the proper gear that was required to properly CGI over top of a person because it's like motion capture suits essentially. Who lets people make movies? Well, that's the thing. Is like also, it's not to me. It's not just the director. Okay, so the director didn't understand, but who who's all the people around? Like the production yeah. assistants and 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 the people in charge of cinematography. Like someone should have said. Oh, we we have to re-costume and we have to do this. They didn't yeah. have a single CGI guy okay. on set. Apparently, they didn't until the editing process, and that's where they realized there was a problem because the CGI people were trying to explain to Tom Hooper why the issue was because he thought it looked awful from the beginning. But they, there was only so much they could do considering the lack of motion capture that was used. And then we got buttholes. And then and then eventually, like, <laughs> let's fix it. Cat buttholes. Here we go. Um, I don't know. Uh, everyone wins. <laughs> yeah, I guess or so. loses depending. I, I guess on so. how you look at it. Um, so, Wendy, before we um, before we let you go, I I kind of want to get some some suggestions from you. Both Taylor and I uh, received the screening uh, screening room emails, um, and we were very happy to see some Netflix suggestions come through. Do you have any um, suggestions you'd like to to give our audience for Netflix or any other streaming platform of Maybe something you're watching or you think would be would be a great watch for them. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a, yeah, I, yeah. A few weeks ago, I just sort of combed through the Netflix catalog. Um, although I missed I missed a bunch of films, so I might actually do a round two in our email mm-hmm. newsletter. But I, I I scrolled through with uh, just looking at films with this criteria of like, what are the movies that I, I'm seeing on the screen that I've watched that I really like. And that just when I see that this, I'm reminded that this movie exists, I get kind of excited. I'm like, right. oh, yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. So this is, these these are like authentic <laughs> recommendations. I'm not just recommending stuff that played at the screening room. Um, actually, to highlight a few films that uh, didn't play at the screening room, there's this movie called Thunder Road. Thunder that came Road. out maybe about two or three years ago. That sounds so familiar. Have you heard it? It's an American a comedy drama um it was based on a short film okay but yes oh i don't know the name i should have done a little bit of research for this appearance the the name of the guy it's this one fellow who wrote it and directed and starred in it um which usually can suggest a real vanity uh, product uh his last name's cummings isn't it cummings jim cummings yeah 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 and uh yeah he's made this he made this beautiful film on a very limited budget um, where he plays a police officer and his life is goes off the rails when his mother dies. Mm. And it's so funny and sad, but not too sad. But it just, it, it reminds me of like a certain type of American indie film yeah. that you used to see more of like last decade that, you don't see so much anymore, particularly yeah. just having so many bo- so, so many beats of, of of humor. Yeah. So Thunder Road. I definitely a top remember 
hearing about this movie, but d- d- didn't see it. But but I know the name Jim Cummings. Like I know who I can't put a face to it, but I know that name. So yeah, definitely. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah, and then there's this documentary called Shirkers, and it it's a Netflix original documentary. It came out last winter, I believe. And it's about a group of very creative young women. I guess they're like these girls in their late who in their late teens lived in Singapore. Mm. They made a film, and it was this movie that they made was uh, very much inspired by the, the like independent, the cool, hip, independent movies that they were watching. Um, that coming from the U.S. and from elsewhere in the 1990s. Like, they definitely were inspired by Jim Jarmusch. So they made this movie, but the movie didn't get finished. And the footage, something happened to the footage that they shot. Oh. And the documentary is sort of revisiting this time, the going through the, the process of making the film, and I don't, I don't want to say any more. This is a movie. It's better to go in blind. Okay. So you just have to trust me. But <laughs> it, I mean, it, 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 yeah, weird things happen. Okay, but you don't, you don't want to spoil it. So you don't want to say. More I don't want to okay. spoil it. Okay. We got to experience but, the weird stuff firsthand. <laughs> yeah, but one of the, it has that kind of. It's like kind of like I'm recommending it. Kind of like you recommend like a true crime. Okay. Story. Yeah. Okay. It's got a bit of true crime to it. So twisty turns. Mm-hmm. We we understand the the what's hard about recommending films to people, but without spoiling it. Every time we try to review movies, we always get stuck with, "Well, I don't want to say too much because then it kind of ruins the experience." So yeah, it's it's hard. But it, I mean, it sounds like it would be interesting, especially if people are into true crime, which is is a big thing right now. Um, I feel like that. Yeah, they probably enjoy that too. Mm-hmm. And it also another. Um thing that's just really enjoyable about the film is watching the this footage from this movie that they were making in the early 90s. You get to see Singapore in the early 90s. I, I had no idea. Um, and yeah, and you learn a little bit more about Singapore as it is. But you also get to see these teenage girls interpreting this sort of like uh, independent film, art film vocabulary using whatever resources they had at hand. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that would be, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. Cool. And um, something else to recommend. So I, have you seen the, the, I don't know if you call it this comedy music special on Netflix with Bo Burnham called Make Happy? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I like Bo Burnham. So I've seen a lot of his stuff. I think I've seen that one. Okay, that's I ha, I've watched a few of his videos on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, but the the Netflix special Make Happy it's his I think it's like a recording of probably his sort of final tour mm-hmm. of doing live performance mm-hmm. before he went on to you know write and direct the film Eighth Grade, mm-hmm. which was you know one of my favorite films of 2018. Yeah, I believe. eighteen. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And the, yeah, the special Make Happy, it's the one where he's, what can I say about it? You can definitely tell he's like going, he's going through a lot of like anxiety and angst. Yeah. Is that the one where he's got the piano on stage and he's kind of like singing and then go quickly talking and then going back to singing? Yes. Yeah. That's part of it. Okay. Yeah. And he does sort of a Kanye West uh, homage. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. And you can definitely tell he's like working through his demons and he's conveying this message to the audience that, you know, being a performer Mm -hmm. is is not a happy life and you shouldn't... try to become internet famous or try to have an audience because it's torture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, I've, I've loved his stuff since also seeing it on, on YouTube and, and watching everything I can of, of him. I think he's very funny, very talented. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Wendy, for, for those recommendations. Um, I guess my, my kind of final question for you is, is what, um, 
what can can people do to support the screening room right now? Like maybe here's an opportunity to just tell us a little bit about where we can go get more information, and if there's anything we can do right now to support the screening room, what would that be? Um, <laughs> I'd say watch, stay at home, binge. Mm -hmm. All, all the streaming platforms, watch everything that's good on Amazon Prime mm -hmm. and on Netflix and just get sick of sitting on the couch <laughs> so that when you reopen, you'll come running back to us. <laughs> I can I can guarantee you, you have two people right here who are ready to do that. It's true. We're, we're ready to go now. We're ready to go now. And then I can tell you my parents will be back. The minute you <laughs> you're open, because <laughs> oh, yeah. they they are they are two of the biggest no. screening room patrons I know. <laughs> so oh, no. they, every I, time every time I go to like review a movie or see something, no matter who's working from your staff, they always say, "Oh, your parents were here like two days ago or yesterday." <laughs> like, of course they were. <laughs> Wendy, do you um, have an online platform to sell gift certificates or anything? People can support well, you that way right, we were. right now. We were selling gift certificates, um, but we ran out of the member gift certificates. Oh. And I'm just feeling kind of apathetic about printing more. Mm. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so, so, and we still have online stores still open. Yeah, people supported us too, <laughs> too much. Yeah. No, it's Our, I mean, And we've been great. supported to the level that we want to. Yeah. I, but yeah, I'm not pushing the gift certificates so much okay. anymore. Mm. Um, the one thing that is possible is depending on how dire things get later. Dire is a strong word. I'm I'm eternally optimistic. I feel like we're we're gonna weather this storm somehow. Yeah. But one one idea is that I, I could see us doing like a seat sponsor a seat sale. Oh cool. Where people pay a certain amount of money and then you get a your name engraved on a plaque on Ooh. the back of one of the seats at Great the theater. Idea. Very this cool. is something that some other movie theaters have done. Yeah. So I don't want to exhaust people's support the screening room energy too soon just yeah. by selling gift certificates. Should we should we need to do the seat yeah. sale? Yeah, and I know sporting facilities have done that well and have had a lot of success with it. So yeah, I think that's a great <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, if, if people want to just stay connected with the screening room, um, they can go to screening room kingston.com and i i recommend to everyone you know join join your email list because i know we enjoy getting all the updates um mm -hmm. certainly when you're open but also now getting some of those netflix suggestions and streaming suggestions i know it's helped me because i'm starting to go through my feed and be like okay I'm, I'm getting sick of this i need new things so those recommendations <laughs> are really helpful to me without a doubt cool thank you um, well, thank you so much, Wendy, for for joining us and and giving us this update. And and I hope that I hope that you're right, and I and that we're going to weather this storm. And I think we will too. But uh, I hope to be back having the best popcorn in Kingston soon at the screening room. And I've I've been craving it for over a month. So I hope we get back real soon. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Thanks, Wendy. Yep. Thanks. Well, there you go. That that was our conversation with Wendy. I, I mean, Taylor, it was, uh, to me, we learned a lot of really interesting information uh, about uh, the fact that Wendy kind of saw this coming um, and knew that something was coming down the pipeline, which, which is really interesting. I always like hearing Wendy talk because I learned so much about movie theater business, yeah. like how, like the behind the scenes, yeah. you know? Well, just to know that the, you know the ticket pricing breakdown, and even talking about the amount of fees that you have to pay, even when you do uh, an older film, um, yeah. kind of puts into perspective uh, how those classic film, like why they can't happen all the time. And that's why snacks are so expensive, and you're actually taking money away from the theaters when you bring your own snacks. Yeah, that's I'm, that's why I never bring my own snacks. And, and movie theaters make so much money off their concessions. So, so if you're going to go, get a snack. Get some concession. Like, you know. I can understand maybe you trying to gouge the big guy. Sure. But the screening room is the little guy. And the ticket <laughs> prices are already a lot lower. Like, I think... You know, twelve, ten dollars if you're a member. Twelve dollar tickets, like that's that's not that bad to go. It's see a much more affordable movie going experience going to the screening room. Definitely, and I don't know, maybe maybe it's just the way I look at movies, but I always think of going to a movie as such an event 
that I don't mind spending a little bit of money because I don't know, it's it's part of the experience for me is is it's an outing. Yeah, having popcorn and, and a drink and whatever and you know, it's it's an outing. Yeah, it's something certainly right now I'm just I would go under almost any circumstance. So I'm not gonna complain about <laughs> any any money at this point because I would I just cannot like to go to wait. I know. To eat popcorn. But it sounds like, I mean, it certainly sounds like from what Wendy was saying that, um, I mean, she doesn't know when, when things are going get, to get back to normal, but even even when things are open up, it, it sounds like there's a good chance they're going to be restricted on capacity. Um, oh, no question. Yeah, which I, it just makes sense in terms of reopening things. But I, I still wonder how many people are going to run back to the theater quickly. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who, who are not like us, who, who are going to be a little bit... Um, little bit worried about going so quickly back to things. And with reason. Like, yeah. if I had a compromised immune system, yeah. I certainly would be much more cautious I agree. than I am now. Or if I was an elderly person, oh, right? Even if I was in close contact that I couldn't avoid with someone who was older or had a compromised immune system. Like, I mean, I have, I have family that, that have compromised immune systems but i i haven't like i'm i'm i don't live with them so yeah. i already that distance was there so staying away from from them for me is easy because it's like okay well i can go back home it doesn't really affect anything and like i'll just it makes sense to stay away but if if i was forced into a situation where i know i'm going to be around people who are compromised or older yeah i i would probably be more weary too i'm definitely coming from the perspective of i have been alone in this apartment taylor for what has seemed you like years human contact. <laughs> like I, any human contact i get i take you're gonna <laughs> like um well we don't use tickets at the screening room but like when you go to the cineplex when they like pass you the ticket yeah. you're gonna like hold on to their you hand just hold their hand <laughs> Like, I've been waiting for this. Yeah, yeah. The grace. Like, thank you. Yeah, with humans. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's definitely from your perspective. I think each person's going to be different. And I would never, ever, ever blame someone for not wanting to rush out to things. It's just me. I want sports back on TV. I want to be able to go to movies again. But I understand how unrealistic that is for everybody and unrealistic it is right now for, for that to happen. And of course, if we develop symptoms, we would never go out. <laughs> we know like, that's true. That's just a no, well. I have to say 100% that true because if, you know people twist mm, words no, and of they. Course they do. We no. are not advocating going no. to the movie theater. If I <laughs> had even if I had a small symptom that's not one hundred percent connected to COVID nineteen, I probably still wouldn't leave my house. Like if, if I was like, hey, look, I, my allergies is flaring up, but I don't know for sure. I'm just going to stay home for a few days and see if it clears up. You know, for 100%. the reason alone that I don't want anyone judging me yeah. if I sniff. That, that's, that's true. Um, <laughs> but also, and public health. Sense. Yeah, public health. The judgment <laughs> and judgment public health. and public health. <laughs> and you know what, guys? Just a little reminder. Please stay home. Because I want to get married in October. Yes, this is very true. I mean, your your wedding is something that right now is probably It may or may okay. not happen. But yeah, like it, it might have to be pushed back because of this. Um, and all of our listeners out there, um, if you want Taylor to get married, which we all want her to get married, um, stay home. You're going to help. Home. Because the, the <laughs> October's coming faster than people think. <laughs> Shoot. No, for real. It just April feels just... Slow, but blew by uh it didn't for me but um <laughs> <laughs> but, but i guess i heard that a lot of a lot of people said that those like april blew by and, and march took forever to finish but i think now that the weather's night a little bit more consistent and nice i think it'll it'll help move the clock a bit um yeah but yeah to me this is this is the slowest like six weeks eight weeks whatever it's been of my, of my life um but yeah, anyway, that was a great conversation with Wendy, and, and I'm glad we had her on board, and, and she's, she's always a delight to talk to um, for that background information, but also she's a very sharp mind and has so many great and unique ideas. Even after we were done recording, we chatted with her for a little bit, um, and she had some great thoughts um, and ideas for, for different things, and yeah, it was really nice to catch up with her. Yeah, she's just so knowledgeable. Yeah. It's yeah. great to talk to a film buff who really knows what they're talking about. And and I, I just couldn't avoid asking about cats 
um, <laughs> just because I was so fascinated when when they released that. Because again, I, I I said it and I 100% believe it. I I was both excited and angered when they were going to do the the sort of audience participation cats. Because I was like, yes, let's tear this movie a new one. But also, no, let's not spend any money on this god awful monstrosity don't, put, don't line the pockets um, of the movie no makers. because they need to the whoever someone in that room saw a cut of cats and didn't go we can't put this out there which is what like i would have done it i didn't care what it would have cost if i was on a studio like i don't remember what studio did that a universal or yeah i think it was universal who who did cats if i was on the universal studio like if i was a big exec there i would not allow that film to see the light of day like that is the most we monstrosity have garbage and ever. morals. That's it's like why I, her smell is better industry. than cats. Her smell is better than cats. There you go, Tyler Vance. You can quote him. You can quote me right there. Her <laughs> smell is better than cats. Um, the other thing um, we wanted to quickly talk about um, with this episode is that we're not doing fan questions this week. Um, due to many circumstances, we actually ended up pre-recording this episode and pre-recording this conversation with Wendy. So we actually did this quite a far in advance because we wanted to have all the information um, and, and get this great conversation with her. So we're not doing fan questions this week, as you'll notice, but next week's episode, so May 19th's episode, is going to be a mailbag episode. So, so write in your fan questions to screeningandkingston at gmail.com. If you wrote for this week's episode, like if you had written a question before May 12th, we will include it in the May 19th episode. But please write in your fan questions between now and next week's episode, and we will do another full mailbag episode. All your questions, all your thoughts, send in things for Taylor to cast. Um, we'll, <laughs> My favorite. Yeah, your favorite, our fans' favorite. We'll, we'll have Taylor cast stuff. Uh, and then, Taylor, do you, do you want to let people know what the next episode is going to be right at the end of May? So exciting. So fun to uh, align with some recent news. We will be doing a Tiger King episode. Yay. So uh, <laughs> film fans and TV fans, you may have heard Nicolas Cage is being cast as uh, Joe Exotic. And so to celebrate that, we're finally going to review the Tiger King series on Netflix. <laughs> the minute Nicolas Cage gets involved, we go, all right, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We're down the clouds. Come on. Josh requested it. Now Nicolas Cage is involved. Okay, here we go. We'll do a Tiger King we episode. We gotta. Uh, I mean, I don't know who Joe Exotic is yet because uh, I still haven't watched Tiger King, but I'm going to watch it between now, obviously, and the, the episode on the 26th. Um, but uh, Nicolas Cage being involved in a movie, I, I just, what, it got me going, wait a minute, what? Like, Nicolas what? Cage does weird stuff, so this is going to be very interesting. Um, I don't know, so you've seen the series already, Taylor. Like, you, you've watched it. Yeah, and I loved it. Okay. So my challenge for you, Mike, mm -hmm. is after you watch the series, yep. you can fan cast it. I'm going like to fan cast you, it? Yeah, so you, they're making it into a miniseries um, because it's just so fantastic. Starring so, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and Nicolas Cage is going to be Joe Exotic. So you watch the series and then fan cast a miniseries of it. Okay, I can do that. Um, now, I, I want to just add a little thing in there. Why don't we keep Nicolas Cage in there? Right. And just everyone else. Yeah, yeah. let me yeah. cast around Nicholas Cage. Got it. <laughs> and that's, I like it. That's my, <laughs> that's my like, task. Okay, sure. So I will fan cast uh, the Tiger King miniseries starring Nicholas Cage. Um, so that will come out uh, the, the final week of May. So those are our next two weeks' episodes. A mailbag next week, um, though our podcast is coming out on Wednesdays now. So if you're listening on CFRC, you can tune in to Screening in Kingston Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, and our podcast will be out on Wednesdays. So it's either the 12th or the 13th, the 19th, 20th, 26th, 27th, depending upon how you listen. We know some of you are CFRC listeners, some of you are podcast listeners. Either way, you get the episode within those two days. But uh, yeah, next, next week's mailbag, 
Uh, and then we've got the our finally our Tiger King episode, and I guess people Ooh. are excited about that. <laughs> so there you go. You should get excited, Mike. I guess so. I honestly, Taylor, like I'll be I'll be straight up with with you. The reason why I haven't watched this is is twofold. One, whenever things are overly hyped, I find like they never they never meet it. So I, yeah. I was actually waiting because I wanted the hype to die out and then watch it and then see what I thought about it. Um, but the second thing is I'm not a huge fan of giving celebrity to certain people and right. everything I've heard or read it, it's everyone falls into that category of like I don't really want to support that person and I I'm not a, like okay I'm not the biggest animal person ever but I also don't like animal cruelty so right. I I've been a little bit like okay am I gonna like this am I gonna enjoy it is it gonna be just weird but I've also heard from a lot of people who feel the same way that they still enjoyed it because there's certain you know emotional responses of you know you feel anger you feel whatever but that's still a part it's of the, the viewing story experience. yeah like this story is so captivating mm -hmm. okay interesting like each episode you think, oh, this can't get, this can't get more wild. This can't get more crazy. <laughs> but then it does. This can't get more illegal. <laughs> and then, bam. Wait, illegal? Yeah. Like, there's crimes in this? Like, this is. Yes. I thought this was it's just a about a bunch of. It's a true crime documentary. Oh, it's a true crime documentary. I thought this was just about a bunch of bunch of people who like love tigers or whatever. No, oh. you are in for a wild ride. I am because I'm, I'm confused. I, I thought this was just like, oh, these people have tigers and they have zoos or whatever. And um, okay, all right, true crime. There's those things, but and there's then also there's mess, uh, illegal animal trading. I don't even want to give it away. Okay, don't give it away. Yeah, so that that'll be that'll be our last uh, episode of May. But that gives everybody an idea of what we're doing the next two weeks. And then in June, we will be doing another movie club. We mentioned that before. We'll probably talk about the theme offline, Taylor and I, over the next little while. But we're going to do another movie club in June. So we want to keep, we'll probably each episode in the next couple weeks, we'll keep promoing that. I want to give people more time to be part of it. Um, and because we have a big announcement coming in June anyway, we're going to sort of format the movie club a little differently i want to give people an opportunity to be involved more taylor like to to have an easy mechanism to write in their thoughts because i yeah. don't know to me i could tell people were listening and people are writing in things but it, it is a commitment to sit down and write an email so we might make it really simple for people to give their their quick reviews of the movies we do or something cool. um, so that'll be kind of a cool new thing so more to come there too Exciting. So much is coming down the pipeline. So much coming down the pipeline. Um, but anyway, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, thank you so much uh, to Wendy for coming in and being our special guest this week. Um, I do hope people, I know she she said that, uh, you know, uh, we gave her an opportunity to like talk about the screening room and how we can support, but clearly they're, they're more um, just waiting on things and, and they're, they're a very humble group and, and, a, and they have an amazing staff there. But please do support the screening room and, and go back to it when it opens. But go to their website, um, sign up for their newsletter. There's some great information there. It, it, you know, it always helps just to follow them on social media and give, give a them light. a review yeah give them a review all those things help just to kind of only nice people. reviews though yes oh yeah i mean who <laughs> i don't know who would have something bad to say about the screening room but i'll, I'll you'd be surprised argue. Yeah, that's true uh, but anyway thank you everybody so much for for tuning in this week go stream some movies <laughs>